G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, we're oftentimes talking about people in various countries around the world who are suffering under immense persecution, persecution of Christians. Oftentimes, it's at the hands of Muslims in Muslim nations, and there are real conflicts and real challenges that Christians who live in many lands around the world are actually facing. But how about young people? How do they fare? How are the challenges met by those who don't yet have the maturity to be able to understand what's going on necessarily in their lives when they're under persecution because of their faith in Christ? Let's talk with Open Doors about persecuted Christians. James is the youth coordinator for Open Doors. Hello, James. Welcome along to 2020. Hey, Neil. How's it going? Very well, James. Great to talk to you. And oftentimes we're talking about the persecuted church in general. And I guess we will be today, too, as we discuss these things. But you're the youth coordinator. You're trying to communicate to young people in Australia these issues of persecution that are going on around the world. Let's talk about your experiences in North Africa and uh, the way that you communicate with young people here in Australia. First of all, are young people in Australia uh, interested or engaged with the idea that there are Christians who are being persecuted around the world? Yeah, especially recently there's been a real increase in secular media about persecution, and people are hearing more and more about Christians who are suffering for their faith, and so I think they're kind of questioning where is God in all of this? How does this make sense following Jesus? So it is a rising awareness, but myself personally, I grew up in a Christian school, I went to church, I went to a Christian uni, and it wasn't actually that I was 19 years old that I found out that this is what Christianity could look like overseas, and I wish I'd just known earlier, so I guess I'm passionate about letting youth know what the persecuted church looks like. When you visited North Africa, a number of countries there, uh, one of those Egypt, and we have that in common, but when you were there, you were looking at how young people were being affected. Uh, what did you notice about young people in, in amongst the, uh, the societies of uh, those lands that you visited? Their, their passion for Jesus was just incredible. I sat in a church, in the largest evangelical church in the entire Middle East, which is in Cairo, and I sat next to one guy, and I was chatting to him, and he was and with broken English, we had a conversation. It was his birthday. He'd come straight from work, and he actually went to a different church. And I was like, what are you doing here, mate? You've just finished work. It's your birthday, and this isn't even your church. What are you doing here? He goes, I just want to be here to worship Jesus. And I was like, wow. And it was in the middle of the elections that we were there, and everybody, a lot of the youth had such a real passion for the gospel over there. That evangelical church, the Kasser Eldabara Church, there in the heart of Cairo, and it's an evangelical church. Of course, the majority of Christians in Egypt come from the uh, the Orthodox, the Coptic Orthodox Church. Interestingly, and I'll get your thoughts on this, James, and I didn't realize this until I went to Egypt, to know that when children are born to a Orthodox family, they're actually given a tattoo Yep. A tattoo of a cross on their wrist. They are marked for life. 
Yeah, we went to one of the um, largest churches over there, the Cave Church, and there was a tattoo vendor outside giving out crosses, which is something I wouldn't normally expect to see a tattoo artist outside of a church, but that's what they do over there. And, of course, uh, when those children are tattooed with the cross, it means, I mean, there's two things there. It identifies them with the Christianity in which they're born in, uh, but also sets them up for later years that they are identified as a Christian in a land that uh, oftentimes treats Christians very harshly. Mm, Definitely. It's a pretty gutsy thing to do, to, um, to own your faith like that. Tell me about your other experiences, and there's some countries that you've been to, we can't actually name them, uh, the work of Open Doors Active in a number of countries around the world where there's severe persecution. Uh, you've visited uh, another country uh, where it's, it's really, really tough for Christians. Uh, how are people doing uh, in other North African nations? Yeah, so I went to another country after Egypt, and like you said, I can't share what country it was because of top security, but... Um, we got to meet with a secret believer in that country, and basically this guy had come to faith at some, a certain point in his life. Um, but by doing so, he was risking his career, his job, his income, um, and so many other parts of his, of his um, freedom. Uh, but the interesting thing was he actually was in partnership with a radio station, and they were beaming in from another country a half-an-hour radio program about the gospel with Bible readings and teaching about Jesus. And at the end of this program, this guy says, if you want to know more about Jesus or get your hands on a Bible, call this number. And it was this guy's number that we were meeting with, the secret believer in this country. And he would get calls every week with people saying, who are you? Where are you? We're going to come get you. going to get your family. We're going to get your kids. Uh, but he also actually had calls saying, we'd love to hear about a church or we'd love to get our hands on a Bible. And he said he had been able to give over 50 Bibles to, this is a country with not many Christians in it, and over 50 people he was able to give a gospel to. It's a wonderful thing, and the work of Open Doors, just amazing, because even as you share that story, and uh, listeners will appreciate uh, that when you support an organization like Open Doors, you can actually get uh, the Word of God and resources into the hands of people who are desperate and oftentimes called secret believers. This whole idea of secret believers, not something we understand very fully here in Australia because we can be so open about our faith, but some countries, and you've been to these countries, where you really do have to be a secret believer. Mm, absolutely. And and like you're saying with the Bibles, these people are desperate to get um, their hands on it. And I think that's the real... Um, transformational power of the Word of God. Uh, we actually heard about in Nigeria recently there was um, an attack by the um, extremist group Boko Haram and uh, about a thousand kids were actually separated from their parents uh, in the chaos. And at least 16 of these kids had actually lost both their parents. Um, they were orphans now. And Open Doors got to go into this, into this camp where these kids were staying, got to give them Bibles. And this one kid, he was less than 16 years old, and he said, I hope this Bible will help me to forgive the killers of my parents. I found it very difficult to get out of my mind, but I know there is an answer in this book. There are so many heartbreaking stories, and the way that Christians respond to the persecution is sometimes difficult to hear. But when you are talking about uh, children and people who will forgive the killers of their own family members, this is an amazing response. Absolutely, and it completely challenges me to the core 
and it makes me wonder who are my enemies in my life and how am I loving my enemies and that's what Jesus says love your enemies pray for those who persecute you and do good to those who abuse you and it's, it's very convicting when you hear about these youth who are doing these things overseas and we hear these stories they are becoming more prominent they're happening more often than our media reports but when we hear about you know 21 Christians beheaded or killed uh, for their faith uh, just hearkening back to what you were saying just a few minutes ago with the way that young people in Australia respond to this type of persecution, uh, is there a softening? Is there a, uh, is there a way that young people are connecting their own hearts? Have you found that in your role as the youth coordinator with Open Doors uh, that young people are actually interested and wanting to engage and, and even stand alongside what you're doing with Open Doors? nothing's changed my faith personally like like the persecuted church it's made me completely reevaluate what it means to follow jesus and when we go out and speak in schools and youth groups and things like that we have people really impacted by these stories we've even had kids recommit their lives to christ because of hearing about christians who are risking their lives overseas but yeah i think as you step out and as you support the global body of christ um, and and really invest in a, in a mission for Christ that's much bigger than yourself. I think it does change your own personal faith as well. And James, you've got a special uh, fundraiser promotion that's coming up, uh, which is called The Blackout. Uh, stay with us. We'll come back and we'll talk some more about The Blackout and how people can actually identify with people in persecuted lands, lands where you are persecuted because you have faith in Jesus Christ. James, the Youth Coordinator from Open Doors, and back with more in just a short while. We're back talking about persecuted believers in nations around the world. James, the Youth Coordinator of Open Doors, our guest. And James, uh, just reflecting on the fact that young people are becoming more interested in uh, the issues that face persecuted Christians around the world. It's very, very heartening. Let's talk about what you've got coming up called the blackout. What is the blackout? What does it mean? Yeah, so a blackout is a 48-hour silence to stand with Christians who are being silenced overseas. So the idea is you go two days either without social media or technology. So you put your phone down, you put away Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, or you can even go without speaking um, verbally, or you can even do everything and really give it a good challenge. And the idea is you get sponsored to do it, so you raise funds, and all the funds go towards supporting persecuted Christians overseas. Okay, so you're going to participate in the blackouts. Uh, it's just a sort of a verbal agreement. You're going to be silent for 48 hours or you're going to not use your mobile phone. Uh, you're not going to speak. Uh, some people are going the extra mile and they're actually taping their mouths. Is that the case? Yeah, so um, the way you get involved, yeah, you register online, we send you out a pack and the image I guess we use is somebody with tape over their mouth. So the idea is um, before you black out from social media, you use it to create awareness. So you get the bit of tape, you put it on your mouth, you take a selfie of yourself, and you tell people, this weekend I'm going to be going 48 hours of social media silence for the persecuted church. I was going to say, you know, with some things like the 40-hour famine, you can turn up at school and uh, nobody really necessarily noticed. But if you actually turned up with the tape across your mouth, uh, <laughs> the teachers might have a bit of a worry about that. Yeah, we've got a we've got a few schools on board, and some of them um, they have the kids have to speak because they're in school, so they're still speaking, but they're going off their social media for those forty eight hours, so anyone can get involved. Okay, now so you're saying that you get sponsorship, so it's a similar sort of thing to other types of uh, fundraisers like this. You get kids and you get them sponsored, and uh, then the money's raised, and how's that money actually then used? 
it all goes towards the Ministry of Open Doors. So we do things like we deliver Bibles and Christian literature, which we do over 2 million um, pieces of that every year all around the world. We um, give practical support, so we help rebuild churches that are attacked and people in prison and people who have lost family members. And we train and equip pastors and leaders of churches to stand in the midst of persecution. So all the money goes towards the Ministry of Open Doors. Now, the dates for the blackout coming up at June 19th to the 21st. Now, as I understand it, James, you're participating in the blackout, but you've been invited to actually talk about the blackout at some churches. How are you going to do that? Do you know sign language? <laughs> I need to learn that pretty quick, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've done the other year. I did blackout. I did everything. I did no speaking, no phone, nothing, and it was actually really um, challenging and convicting. And I, I was surprised, even though I was doing it all for the persecuted church. I found um, God got very loud as I got silent, and I actually learned a lot about my own relationship with God in the midst of it. Um, but this year, I guess I probably have to speak because I'm speaking at all these two churches over the weekend. So I might just go social media this year. You'll have to break your blackout for those couple of uh, hours that you might be involved. Listen, uh, when it comes to doing something like this blackout and uh, taking the selfie, as you say, uh, deciding to be silent, putting away your mobile phone uh, for even some, you know, putting it, you know, I can just imagine that sort of black gaffer tape across uh, the mouth to signify that you're being silent. A lot easier to do this if you're doing it with a friend, isn't it? If you're on your own, perhaps a little bit harder, but you, I guess you'd be encouraging people to, to take part, but also invite a friend to do that with you. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to get um, youth groups and schools on board. We have a few even student-run groups at schools who are taking up the challenge, um, which is really encouraging to see. And so people who are wanting to register, they simply get in touch with Open Doors. What's the best way to contact and find out some details? So you can go to um, our Facebook or you can go to our website, which is www.opendoorsyouth.org.au and you'll find the blackout link there where you can register online to receive your, your pack, which has your logbook and your tape, and you can get started. And James, when you're communicating with people overseas in some of these nations where there truly is a blackout, where they are silenced, uh, where they need to be secret believers, do they know and are they aware that these sorts of programs are being run in lands like Australia? And how do they feel about people actually supporting them uh, because there's an identifying with the hardships they're going through in their own persecution? There's been a word that's been thrown around recently called um, slacktivists, which is the idea of people who post on social media but don't do anything else, um, and they, um, I guess, aren't taking any real action. But I would actually say social media is actually really, really powerful. And um, last year we had the We Are N campaign, which had the N symbol, which was going around um, Iraq and Syria with the, um, the Islamic State. You might have heard about it. And as we put the symbol up on Instagram and hashtagged it, we actually got feedback from people in, in Iraq and in Syria saying we've seen you standing with us and that you're praying with us. And people all around the world can see these things. So I think they definitely know the stuff's going on. I think they find it very encouraging. And as was my experience with people who were in persecuted situations on a visit that I had to the Middle East, and that was sponsored by Open Doors, people who are living in that circumstance uh, just love the fact that there are others who identify with the pain that they're going through. Absolutely. The, the greatest request we get really from um, persecuted Christians is for us to pray for them, to, to acknowledge their suffering and to pray to the same Saviour that we share um, so that we can yeah, support them in their suffering.
James, that that website once again, it's a special page there on the Open Doors website. How do you find that page to identify and to be a part and register for the blackout? So we have a separate youth website, which is www.opendoorsyouth.org.au, or you can find it on the Open Doors website under um, Coming Events. And the blackout is coming up June 19th to the 21st. James, the Youth Coordinator for Open Doors, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.